Welcome to the Safari Stories Podcast, the podcast where you'll hear nail-biting stories about all sorts of animals and adventures. Each week, you'll get to ride along as our guests share their amazing safari stories with you. Now, let's jump into your safari stories for today with your host, John Lister. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Today, we're lucky enough to have Sheila on the uh, podcast. Sheila is responsible as Africa Facebook page. If you have a look at that, she's got some really great stories on it. So uh, thank you very much for joining us, Sheila. Oh, thanks for the invite, John. Great to hear. And um, I know we had a bit of a chat uh, before we started, and uh, I always start with three on how you discovered wildlife and Africa and stories, uh, wildlife stories and sightings. So Maybe if you could run us through a little bit about your... Uh... Oh, John, I was very privileged to grow up very close to Ngorongoro Crater. Manyara. I was born in Tanzania. And my father was, I think that's probably what I inherited, love for the bush, felt the wild, lived very close to Ngorongoro and would visit it on a regular um, before it got commercialized to the extent it And... Um, I think that was the beginning of it. My dad took us on one or two safaris. But um, I think my love for the bush and everything, like the animals and the grass, that's where it all started many, many, many years ago. Okay. And so now you're uh, not so far from the Kruger, I understand? Um, we stay in a, a farming town called Zanin in the province of Limpopo, and we're about 100 kilometres away from Kruger National Park. So... A day trip is very easy and possible. We do do it. Preferably, I like staying and we do do that too. Very nice. Very lucky. I'm very privileged. And uh, so uh, then obviously a lot of your stories will involve the Kruger? Yep. Being so close to the proximity of the Kruger, yes. We immigrated to South Africa in 1921. My dad actually worked in Kruger National Park, so we stayed there for five years. I know the Lataba area well. Later, he moved to Tara. I think that is my my heart is Satara area. I do like the south. It's too busy for me. I love Satara and north. Just a beautiful um, yeah. diversity. Absolutely. And uh, the wildlife there, Satara, it's uh, very much a predator and cat type. of. Very much so. But we do also get large herds of elephants and um, buffalo from time to time. Although north Shingwitsi area is more renowned for the bigger herds of amber such an amazing small area well it's a largish area but a smallish area you know that diverse Fair enough and so um in, when you were living in the kruger back in the 70s tell me how much of a change the kruger's undergone from there huge change john um tourism has grown and probably uh, social media has promoted all these areas so much so that everyone from everywhere in the world just wants to come to Africa and experience the game we have on our doorstep. Um, so there's a, a lot more tourist activity. Yeah, absolutely. And the camps are very different. I um, had a good chat to uh, Rosewell in the last one week, the last podcast we were in. Uh, he's been going there for a very long time and quite big. Uh, yep. I think uh, growing up, I was a teenager when we lived in Kruger. So um, we actually lived in a house and then we'd go to the camps or the Tarba. We would visit Lataba camp on a regular basis. And it hasn't changed too much here and there. It's changed, but I, I do see the um, photo south. 
how they can be quite extraordinary. And so um, let's move right into some of the uh, sightings and stories that you've got on the Kruger. Oh, my favourite animal and sighting is always the leopard. As I say, luckily, I enjoy the the smaller things. My probably first experience um, sighting that I really enjoyed and it's always going to stay with me is when I filmed a leopard, a young male leopard. Well, the Palaboa guys named him Thor. Um, to Sable Dam impromptu spur of the moment Easter weekend which is terrible <laughs> and we parked we parked at Sable Dam and just sat um, the Palaboa area is actually it, it's so I, I don't know how to uh, put it across but you're either very lucky or you you'll see an elephant maybe and birds we showed the whole this day we actually were watching lion and my brother-in-law said it's coming down the riverbed and what a leopard and of course that's it lions put away and we dashed down to where we could and um he came walking down a dry riverbed had a drink which was one of my dream um photography scenarios at the process of him with about two hours watching him then he went into the bush and lay and we just decided well you know it's easter weekend we're not going anywhere we're gonna sit here and see what he does and um we watched him for quite a while as he watched every little animal that moved close to but nothing really came close enough to him Still a little warthog not a little warthog a big warthog approached the water hole and um we actually filmed him camera and video where he was stalking this um warthog and i always say this is my favorite kind of sight it ended up funny he dove through the bush and hit the warthog on his head and the warthog got retaliated <laughs> and being a young leopard um, he took off one direction and the warthog the other. And as he actually ran away, you'd be quite embarrassed with his attempt, his failed attempt. <laughs> that was an awesome four or five hours with him that day. And he just quit. Fair enough. And um, I, I, bet, I bet the uh, footage and the cam photos turned out very it was, it was actually a blessing. It was my first outing with my new mocked. I had this amazing sighting. The photos were my begin stages, beginning stages of, of my new. It was by my husband's an awesome day, all in all. Very nice. Yeah. I think um, my next one would probably be being leopard crazy is always my, the le- and cubs. I love, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's an impala, an elephant, they are just adorable. The first small leopard cub was up on the age 14. So Pelabund, um, been searching from her for her for about months, I think it was, just over three months, driving up and down this Sunday, we had rushed the boy gate patrol and, um, I heard birds calling and I told my husband, reverse, I'm sure there's something. Sure enough, this tiny little cub was stalking the birds. That was awesome. And um, well-known cubs, notorious, I searched for age enough to get them, I think, shortly before they left mother. And, of course, my recent sighting of a, of a very young cub mother we found in January on the S-156 Satara area. I think I'm seen, but I think I was probably one of the we gone looking for the white lion. We heard was on the S1 and drove around a little hillock, what we call a copy in South Africa. We looked up and this leopard staring at us. We couldn't believe such a dream sighting and dream photography. Beautiful light and watched for quite a while, another hour, I think it was. And I told my husband, she started calling, she's calling a cub. I am absolutely 100% sure there's nothing that's threatened. There's no 
nothing. And the next moment, moment, this tiny little came running up the, the rocks. I, my heart nearly stopped. I was, I can't even how excited I was. And of course, we saw him again in March. And he's a oh, beautiful little cub. Um, nice for him again. Wow. And um, yeah, I said, we've, we've just been so, so privileged. Often we'll say, you know, you're so lucky. I think most photographers and people who photograph, if you don't put in the time and spend hours at, at a sighting, you often lose out. On, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, I, and I think uh, it's kind of that old adage, right time, right place. But you've got to be in the park long enough for it to happen. It is. It is right place, right time. And I mean, I've missed any sighting by a second. I want to die a hundred deaths. <laughs> but I'm lucky again. So, And of course, I've had the, the unusual sightings in Kruger. I've been so lucky. We did find, or I found the white lion cub, of the white lion when he was a cub. Yes. I haven't seen him as an adult. He was semi-adult then. He looked so... Oh, emaciated and, and he was part of the huge private stage for the breakaway and uh, rogue males is killing the males of his pride and when he was kicked out of the pride of his now with um, I haven't seen him as an adult I'm dying to see him again then we were lucky enough to see uh, the white vervet monkey on the 39 Timbavati spot that was also just as an amazing and I was for him about three or four times every time I go. Um, has been, I've got to be there before eight because that's the time the trip's moving around. And, and I got him about three or four times. And um, I saw a white impala in the Mpondo area, Mpondo Dam, the south. And I saw her about three times. The last time I saw her, she had a lamb. It was a normal fawn color lamb. The lamb was suckling. Amazing to me. Being white animals, I think, target so we never saw her again. or three of the amazing I think um to one of the uh blessed sightings I made a solo trip to park in DC and I stayed only four nights I had such amazing sightings on that trip. I stayed in the Savi area one morning early driving the H41 but lower Savi and um I found a python Luckily, I didn't see the initial <laughs> killing or whatever, but you in the process of swallowing uh, what looked like an adult impala. Yeah, and that was the first ever sighting I've had of anything like that. I haven't had it. It's quite amazing to watch um, python swallowing what looked like an adult impala and slithering off and that, you know, the whole thing stomach. And the day later, I driving the same road closer to Kusa. I had my own, my one and only sighting wildlife birth. Paula, I caught my eye and I saw something protruding from her rear. And I thought, oh, an attack or something, something wrong with her. And when I had a closer look at her, I said, oh, it's not any injury, but it's a, um, she's giving birth. And I was privileged to have the whole birthing or the last part of her birth, also about an hour and a half. And I got photos. I can't even begin to explain, you know, the and what they go through. Oh, hurry up, hurry up. Just now a leopard catches you. All those things are going through my yeah, mind. Absolutely. So, it's quite yeah, a dangerous time for them. I think it's it's very dangerous. They're so vulnerable. I got amazing of the burst. I was very, very low. I think I've had so many sightings, John, but those are probably the ones that I'd rather or I'd like to highlight. Every time I see a black rhino, it's amazing. Just seeing a rhino, I think. I love birds. I, I, I think 
when you get behind a camera, all the things that, that, that you experienced as a child, uh, I remember staying, it was only home weekends, and they'd say, okay, we're going for a birding trip, and we'd drive down the, the riverbeds looking at birds and eyeing birds in South Africa. And when he passed on, I think you lose it. Something's lost in you. I, when I got the camera back, you know, I can't stop taking photos. All I do is click, 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 click. Wow. <laughs> I have many bird photos and whatever. I just love it. Okay. And I'm getting back into the, the scenario of birds, trees slowly, oh, struggling with my birds, but I'm getting these too now. So it's- yeah, fair enough. And I suppose, do you do all the editing of your photos in that as well? I do. I do very limited editing, John, um, not because I disapprove or whatever. I, I like artists, um, you know, when someone edits it and, and it looks different. I, I love it. I think you do do a photo and you want to submit for a, a competitive as natural. But I do love it when people play around with editing programs. And I, I'm be very honest with you, I'm not there yet. I just try a little bit now in the long lockdown time that we were um, homebound but I want to learn that's one of my things that I still have to get a little bit um, I want to play around with it more I've also just playing around with videos my video editing is why the 2015 video has only been done posted now I'm really not up to par but um, I do my own yeah well, it is quite a learning curve and uh, I suppose it's one thing at a time to do so and you're spending a bit of time in the park and other things on the go, it's very hard to find that. And working full-time normally. Exactly <laughs> right. And and um, so yeah. when, when you do go to the park, um, what's your idea? Uh, where are you staying? Pick somewhere to stay you know, after you? Uh, John, I think probably because my dad's area, when he passed, it was the Satara. It'll always be so deep in my heart. Mm-hmm. I love it, and it's um, Satara is the midpoint of the chance of you seeing, as you say, the cats and the whatever, the larger in Satara than going up north. Then, of course, I do. And if I'd go to Satara, my morning drive, I've got three. <laughs> but okay. if I want to see light, if I want to see lions, cheetahs, I do the S100. You've got to get out early. From what we all do, we out um, as soon as the gates open. It's the best time for lions, cheetahs, early morning. Although um, people say leopards are, are early morning, late evening. It's true. But we've seen leopards any time of the day. They are the most. Your chances of seeing a leopard. Oh, okay, later in the day, you want lions in the morning. We sometimes do the, well, we do do the H13 down to Shokwan. We've had amazing, and lion sighting too. Better in the drought always, if you want the, um, we do do the H14 North, do the S147, the famous lion, uh, not lion, uh, leopard, moya, and a cub with your chances were very high. I do also like patrolling the gravel divide, the Barty. Um, partly because of less tourists there, but also because like in the bush, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love Shingwitzi area too. I've been there a few times. I didn't explore that as an adult about three years ago, four years ago. Then I started going up. You do also, especially in the drought, you your lines. But those would probably be my two favourites. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of those roads are roads that have previously mentioned. The other, yeah, there is some common themes emerging. Yeah, I think a lot of us 
Kruger or Alexa all the, got the same sort of thinking. I said, the, the South is awesome. You're going, and you are guaranteed, you know, when tourists come from overseas, they ask me advice. I said, you know what? If I were you and you've only got space, go South. You're going to the big five. <laughs> it's almost a hundred percent guarantee. But, um, I think too crazy and too busy most of the special um, holiday time. I am able to park for longer than just a day. Then I rather do. Yeah, fair enough. And are you one of these people that spend all day out or do you do a few hour trips and then go back and have a bit and head out? No, unfortunately, I'm one of the nutty people that leaves it as the gate opens and comes in as the gate closes. <laughs> no, fair enough. Except when my hubby's around, every now and then he'll say no, that if we go out for a morning drive and there's something of course exciting, and then you can go and drop me off or we stay in camp until office and we'll go out. We do do that every now and then if he's with me. But um, if I'm alone, no, I don't go back to camp. I stay out all day and I'll, I'll sit if, if I hear there's a leopard somewhere, I'll sit at that sighting. I have six hours and hours hoping they head out. I've been so lucky on some occasions and other occasions he's done exactly what we jump behind the tree on the other side where we don't have a sighting and we can't take photos of here after waiting six hours. <gasps> but that's why I love leopards. <laughs> Fair enough. And it is it's yeah. a waiting game. It's a waiting game, absolutely. But um if you were to ask me, I was actually thinking when when you sort of propose or send the agenda through I think truly I, I visit Kruger because it is so, but my heart is lost at Kalahari. If anyone ever visits such an amazing national park, it is so different to Kruger. I think that's, and I'm not a, I don't like it, yes. but I think I could live there. <laughs> and it's just so amazing. When you see a lion and, you know, in the Kruger, you're lucky and Hanu. Again, they always jump on top of his car almost. They get so close. <laughs> it's not always like that. You know, you'll see a lion far away, his head up and down and up and down. But Khalakhadi, if, if you see a lion, he's there. You know, he's just so imposing, so much bigger. The leopards are, uh, if you see a leopard, you feel like you've gone to heaven and because they say, so, I've been very lucky. I've only been three times, I think it's 1,700 kilometers away from where I stay. And, um, Hubby hates the traveling. He says he'll do it every second year. He's not going. The first year we had such phenomenal sightings of lion and um, leopard. I think we saw three leopard, which was, I mean, I've known people, very well-known photographers, Ms. de Villiers. He said the first time he got to see a leopard was after, I think, his trip. And on my first trip, you know, we saw three and I was just, oh. and then when we went back again, we only saw the one and, and lost. For us, it wasn't a sighting wise, it wasn't traveling far, but I always do, if we go there two weeks and um, it was drought. Even the, you know, what I say, what I love about Khalakhad is the diversity. There are lizards, there are birds, there are mice, there are squirrels, there are, there's just so much to see. So even if you don't see, you know, the, the lion or there's not the big five, that's probably why Kruger would be better for me. If you don't see the lion, you see so much other things. It's just so, it's mind boggling. You know, when you sit at night, you can actually, it feels as if you've, you're holding the stars in hand. It's just so amazing. And it's quiet. You're in the desert. If ever anyone comes to South Africa, you must go to Khalakhadi too. <laughs> 
And and so is it similar in that it's a self-driving stay-in um, huts? Or is yes, it- um, John, the, the the South African part of the Kalahari, and that's the only part that I have visited, is, is self-drive, and it's um, there are lots of options. We don't have a four by four, but if you have a four by four, there are fantastic camps that I'm dying to visit. Um, that is literally, it's in the bush and in the bush. There's no fence. So if the lion comes, he walks through your... We um, stayed in the Kalahari tent. It's um, one of the... One morning we got up very early and looked out at the back of our little... They have you, you don't have to... We walked out the back of our... And the lions were 100 meters of a mating pair and looked at us and ignored us. And the people cleaning the um, tents were busy making... My husband actually drove up to one and said, aren't you scared? And he says, no, this happens all day, every day. <laughs> it's just such amazing, so into nature and become part of nature. And I think, you know, when we lived in Kruger, I was a hang of a lot braver, a lot younger. It's probably a little bit silly. But you lose the um, can you have with, unless you carry on going back. And I think that's what Kalahari, you know, can provide provide you with there are a few camps in Kruger I think we we did a four by four walking tour once that we stayed out and open with that was also amazing. but um there are camps where you can go and camp you take your own camping with it's in also Tuerifir and Mata Mata and then there's the, the tented camps and um they have chalets if you're midsummer and you can afford the chalets, that would be a in the hot summer months would probably be the way to go. But you have air conditioner. Kalahari, I do do different than Kruger. I go out in the morning. It's cold. Normally go April. Uh, winter months in South Africa is from May till August, September, and April is already very cold. It's minus. So early mornings and late, it's cold. But during the day, it's actually hot. We'd go out early morning, drive one of the, they don't have as many roads. It's Kruger Parky, so you're limited to, you know, where you can drive one of the roads, depending on which lunchtime. And invariably, cool down and had a, a nap, after a nap, and pop us three or three o'clock, we get back in the car and go out. It's just such a different view, absolutely. Uh, and to be honest with you, uh, a lot of the photos uh, pop up in the area, and you do see how close people get to cats, the sightings they have. It's just phenomenal, um, John. A lion on the dune. What nicer photo can you wish? You know, as a photographer, the red dunes, the plants, the, everything. I love aloes, of course, so the, those kind of plants all over. I can't even begin to describe how the Kalahadi affected. I'm not the kind of person that I ever thought, you know, would like it in its semi-desert. Oh, wow. And uh, we're drawing to a bit of a close now. So is there one final story that you can think of that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, probably because I've been speaking about Kalahadi and um, leopard being my favourite sighting. The two leopards. We, this year we saw a mother and I can't think of her now. Her story was her mom left her. She was only 13 months. She disappeared cabin. Nobody's seen her again. She was trying to for herself and she got so, I don't know whether it's tame or it's not actually tame, but so um, used to human traffic. She actually became a bit of a problem. She used to jump on the, the cars that stopped, scratched someone, a child's arm at one stage. But I think being any predator in a country or that kind of park is the Arab parks is so much more difficult. So I said she's disappeared and nobody, they have quite a, a good leopard pro- program or project in Kalahari. 
the leopards of the Kalahari ID, you know, they follow them, people follow them quite closely. And our last visit, teen, we saw we were the only leopard sighting I had was of a, another female, a young female, also around about the uh, mom's name was Verona. She was pulling. She was also, we, well, we accepted her mom had left. She was trying to fend for herself. See this skin and bones, tiny little leopard. Oh, it was actually heartbreaking. I think that we were probably the last people. She may pop up. You know, that's happened. A leopard has died or moved on or something. All of a sudden she pops up. She hasn't been reported. When we saw her, she was trying to talk to dead squirrels. One day she actually drove past the morning. We saw the innsbruck uh, lying there, but it, there were two vultures. And we carried on. We, we came back. So there's a leopard with a vulture. So she was obviously there. We just hadn't seen caught a vulture. I think that was her actual kill of something substantial. And yeah, so they're sad. They have a tough life. I think that makes it what it does. Part of yeah, right. Well, that, yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, what I'll do there is I'll say thank you very much um, for your time. Um, for anyone that wants to see some of uh, Sheila's pictures and some more about her stories, uh, please do visit her Facebook page with uh, Sheila, Sheila's Africa. Uh, Sheila, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much, John. And I love your podcast. Keep it up. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the Safari Stories podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you liked our show and want to see the pictures and videos from today's stories, please visit our website at safaristories.com as well as Safari Stories Facebook page and Instagram. It would mean the world to us if you could take the time to leave a rating, review, or comment. Join us again next time to hear more Safari Stories.